All right. Back once again for the second episode, take three of the interview with my good friend, Casey Peruski. And he joined, everybody. We did it. All right. So let's just hit the ground running. I will give him the proper intro while he's currently on the room with us. Here we go. Casey, you made it. Oh, finally. I was digging a hole and uh, putting the bodies away. So I'm available now for the chat. Awesome, Casey. All right, let me give you the intro that I made for you based on the experiences I've had uh, getting to know your acquaintance over the years. So Casey Peruski is a Florida comedian that currently runs a comedy show, a long-running comedy show at uh, the Sunrise Theater in Fort Pierce, and it's called the Casey and Spaz Comedy Show. Now, Casey has been a comedian for... 22 years now. Wow. All right. And this guy, I remember the first time I met him was at the uh, preliminaries and finals of the Florida's Funniest Comedian, as well as some other competitions, uh, you know, South Beach. And I just seen you. I remember when I first started doing comedy, you just started popping up and I'm like, there's there's comedians in Fort Pierce. I remember I was thinking that to (laughs) myself. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this is a great connection to have. That's why I wanted to reach out and do this interview so that everybody knows that this is probably one of the, uh, the best comedy shows that's currently happening in, uh, in Florida overall, because it's, you know, not only long running, you work with really big headliners and you also work with locals and the fact that you're a producer comedian, that's also a great combination. So, uh, welcome Casey, thanks for joining me here. Thank you. And, Very uh, kind. Let's just end it there. Yeah, like right. The, all right, everybody. Give me the flowers, and uh, <laughs> we'll hit the road. Tell us about, uh, your, your, tell us about your story in comedy. Like, why did you get into it, and how it's going? You know, I was always the funny guy in school, but I wasn't like Mr. Popular. You know, I was friends with everybody, all different factions, and uh, I never thought I like could do it. And in college, I went to like a pool hall, and some buddies signed me up for the open mic and I went up and just did two or three minutes of stolen material, basically comics I had li- were listening to. And, uh, and I was so nervous. I'm like, this is going to ruin my career. If this doesn't go well, then I look around, there's two drunk people in a pool hall at, you know, in Tallahassee at two in the morning. I think, I think I'm gonna be okay. I don't think this will come back to bite me, but then I didn't do, didn't steal material anymore after that. But, uh, that first time I did, and then I just would write and I fell in love with it. And I just kept pursuing it on on my terms. And what, how long did it take for you to actually start looking into producing a comedy show? Like, what what happened in your life? Um, well, the police they came in and said <laughs> I I was only allowed a certain amount of feet away from, from the county, and uh, I had to cancel a lot of traveling gigs. No, no. Uh, well, I I've been like 22 years of doing it. I'm 42 now. I was on my 20th birthday. Oh, no then wonder had, you were having a hard time with Instagram Live. You're in your 40s. That's right. This oh, is a, it makes look sense at this now. Gray. Look at these grays. <laughs> I'm like, it says I have to upload the app. <laughs> I'm not hungry. Get the mozzarella sticks. I don't know. Um, so when I started having kids, you know, I, I wanted to be there for, you know, that's another goal of mine is to be a father and have children. And, but I want to do comedy, too. So I started producing shows. Uh, and bringing comics to me, and I always knew the best ones, and I had networked with a lot of them that would come through Florida with that family in Florida, like golfing in Florida, whatever, and I would swoop up and get the best ones and put on the best show possible. Yeah, man, and 
again, I mean, I admire the fact that it's been so long because, you know, a lot of shows do come and go. And I think those are the, the, the ones that do last are the ones that have a really good, like, executive behind it. Especially right. if they understand the art of comedy itself rather than just, like, a money grab. Yeah, there's a lot of places that are like, look at these shrimp cocktail sales. Right. They're way down. It's like they don't care about the art or the show. Right, right. But you got to, you know, it's a, it's a, it is show business. People got to show up and either pay the ticket or eat something, drink something, make it worth their while. So, yeah, we did the Mickey Finn's. You've been there before, the chicken wing place. We were there for three years every Wednesday. And then, uh, then we moved up to the Sunrise Theater and we're about 10 years there. So along with doing events and fundraisers and just keeping it local, if you can't do it here, who says you can do it anywhere else? So that's kind of been my well. You do mantra. it local. I know. I know local right. shows, but I, well, I've I always seen thought some pretty about, big headliners there. Oh yeah. Well, I always wanted to go to Chicago and like do the Second City thing and go into sketch comedy and. But then I, you know, I met a girl here and things were going good at the improvs and the comedy scene down here. I'm like, well. I, sh- I should be able to do it here if I can't do it there. So it's uh, it's worked out. Tell us the uh, the story on um, Sunrise Theater and working with uh, Spaz, Spaz McGurdy. Spaz. Oh, Spaz. He's a legend. He we Spaz is so famous around here. He'd be mayor if it wasn't for the felony charges. That's what we like to say. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He would never be mayor. Uh, no, and the felony charges. Uh, Spaz is my uncle. Some people don't know that. He's actually my uncle. Uh, we all came from Detroit, Michigan together, and Mr. Rock and Roll, lead singer for years, and uh, he would play all the bars and the theaters around here with either musicals or his rock bands, and so he knew the budget, he had the connections. I was doing comedy, and I was coming up and working the clubs, and he goes, "We sh- there's no real good comedy here. We teamed up and started producing shows, and, uh, and then he was always going to be like the host, but he's all over the place hence the name Spaz. And our shows, if we're there together, we actually host them together. We do a two-man host, which is uh, it's made me stronger as a comedian because you have no idea. Spaz will start taking you down paths you weren't planning on um, or bringing out half-written jokes that we had. And I'm like, oh, what was the funniest punchline we had of this? Why are you going down this route? So you got to really work on your feet with him. But that's what's been part of our success. It's a lot of fun. We make it fun up front. And then bring you killer comedians after us. That's great, man. Um, and and do you feel like having a partnership in productions is important? Oh yes, man. I wouldn't. I probably. I don't know if I'd still be producing shows if it was always just me. Um, that you could split the load. You can share, bounce ideas. You know, you forget things. You forget little nuances. You know, when's a good comic? Certain times a year. What's the flow of like tourism and stuff? And you know, you. You remember one one guy remembers, and then it's always good for when you make mistakes and you blame the other person. Double booked, ah, oh, Spaz. What were you? It was Spaz. We're like, oh, I, yeah, I, that makes sense. And you you booking? Do you book these shows or is it Spaz? I usually book the shows, but we always talk about the shows. I'm kind of, I would say, I'm I'm fifty one percent of the brain trust. Got it. And uh, we don't we can't measure Spaz's brain capacity but still that's a we got we got some scientists looking into it so maybe we can get a number but but uh no spaz has booked whole shows all himself and but then he's like hey let's do this this and i go yeah or i'll say hey let's do this this he goes yeah or we come together and then we try to you know up the ante on what we've done bring a bigger act in we uh we try to be flexible too and 
not booked too far. And when a comic that's uh, above our pay grade is coming in and willing to work with us, we make it happen. We jump on the opportunity. And this area has seen like some awesome shows because of it. So you guys review the, uh, the booking requests that you guys get together. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I also get to see everybody too. I'm usually, I'm at a lot of shows. I talk to comedians and for comics, I think it's always important. Keep posting what shows you're working on or what shows you're on. It's good for me as a booker. When I go through Instagram and Facebook and I see, Oh, that person's working. I like to see who's working. Um, and we don't always have a time to watch your clip, but if I see you're working, that's, that goes a long way. And in booking you. So I am, I am watching you out there. Comics keep up the good work. We got a good scene down here. And that's that see right there is another thing that like a lot of people don't talk about in the booking process, because even though I never thought of it that way, it's very true that when you go on someone's like social media activity and you see that they're not really doing anything, it's like, well, how do I know that you, you know what you're doing? You know, it's, it, you got to get like these little signals, right? You know, it's a big sales lot. You know, you got to convince me and I got to convince bookers to book me. And, uh, you know, you got to be respectful about it, not be, uh, it's a fine line to be annoying and persistent. And so like I had one guy go, Hey, and he had got me, he, I, he goes, Hey man, I'm getting booked quite a bit. I'm already booking. I already book shows into next year. And uh, so you should book me soon. I might not have anything available. And I go, oh, okay, wow, I should. And I wanted to book the guy anyways. So I go, hey, send me your available dates again. And the guy sent me literally six months wide open. Like, I'm like, you're not working any six months. Like, take your birthday off. You got to have some. Is there a holiday? There's a football game you want to watch. Something. Your kids, bar mitzvahs. There's got to be something you had to do. This is so good. This is, this is really gold. And a lot of people don't talk about these kinds of things. Yeah, if someone gives you too much of a gap, in their yeah, schedule, it's a red flag. Put private date on every other one. <laughs> you know, I don't, who knows, you know, they don't, nobody's going to really investigate you for the, for that. All right, here's your $50 feature gig. I'm not going to put that much work into investigating you, but, uh, you know, give me something to, and when another tip of, bit of advice, when you reach out to a club, Oh, a couple featured for so-and-so. It was a great show. Here's my available dates. Hope to work with you. Wait a week. If you hear nothing, send it again. Eight, 10 days, two weeks, whatever. Send it again. Now take less, give them less dates. Now these are my available dates because I'm working. You know, they don't know if you're working or not, um, but usually you should be working. So make yourself more valuable. Give them less, you know, and pinpoint the dates you want to work. Focus on those ones first and then move on to the other ones. This is great stuff, man. No one's ever talked about this. Okay, great. So as don't you know, don't bother them too much. Of course, you you also want to nudge and make sure that uh, you get your spot. Quick to the point. What you've done, work on your history, uh, and then uh-huh. as over time, if you don't get a response, you give less dates to show them that you're working regardless. Yeah. Don't stalk a booker on Facebook. If I like every one of your pictures, then you will headline me. Then you will headline me. <laughs> All right, so no stocking either. Well, that one's hopefully that's a giving. I was talking about uh, like social and emotional intelligence when you reach out to someone, right? Yeah, totally. Just connect with them. Don't make it all about work and show up to the club. I uh, I was I went to everyone wants to work the improvs. They're beautiful clubs, amazing acts, and I had to. I, last year I picked my kids up from uh, Ohio. They were visiting the grandparents. 
on the way up, it was like three o'clock around Friday. I go, Hey, I'm going to go show the kids the club. That'd just be so cool. So I've done a lot of shows there. I go there. Renee Hart is there. I got chatting with her. I didn't ask for any work. I thanked her in front of my kids for all the things she has done for my career. And, uh, the next day, two days later, she hits me up. Hey, you want to do this, this, and this? Just making that connection that you're still in the game. You're still there because a lot of people just, it just, it ends. It's like a snap and that, oh, that comic's done. Totally. So you just keep, keep beating your drum and, and, uh, luck and hard work meet. Well, to get it, to get into that topic, by the way, what you mentioned was pure gold. I'm just making notes here. Uh, but to mention on the topic on careers, comedy careers are very fragile, aren't they? Right. Well, you know, there's people get them for different reasons and it's, you know, therapy. But if you're partying too much and <laughs> drinking too much and other things start falling apart. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough one guy's like, hey, what do they pay to work at the improv? And I I tell them and I go, oh, you get, you know, maybe uh, for hosting, maybe it's like 50 or 75 bucks a show. That's not going to work for me. Well, they're not going to change for you. Yeah, That's, right. It's yeah. like <laughs> so there's other guys like you're not even that funny. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, a lot of people, so, when it comes to networking, I've had that too, you know, people showing up on open mics. Like, how long do I have to do open mics before you pay me? I'm like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> this is what an open mic is. Yeah, you'll get paid. It'll be there if, you, if you're good. First, get good. Right. Just get as funny as you can. And then get it on tape. That's your resume. And then that five-minute, ten-minute clip, shop it around, find out who books the rooms, and just keep hitting these guys up till they get you something. And I don't even think it, I don't even, I, I think it's gotten worse than that. I think, you know, just getting good is not even enough because there's a lot of people that are good and they can bring an audience. You know what I mean? Uh, I know a lot of people that are totally against like promotions, even though they're good. You met those? Yeah. You know, and that's like, that's part of the, part of the business. I'm right. surprised. I, comics don't even share the show they're on. I'm like, be proud. Of, right. I, I run a pretty good, some people <laughs> said it's, many people have said it's the number one independent club in florida that's what i'm saying and then i'm like you're on it you're on a, a like a lot of comics other comics will go oh hey you know who just did that did casey's room yeah we should oh he should he must be good so it uh again it all trickles so much networking and and so yeah definitely put out the shows you're on i, I get it you don't want to be annoying to your aunt in wisconsin or your whatever you're, you're being well, mindful yeah. of other people yeah that I get you're that. bombarding them I but get that. Put part. it out. Put it out there, and you know, hey, find a if you and if you can bring somebody to a show, because there's the talent level is really equal. There's a real lot of talented people in South Florida and Orlando scene. We got a lot of really funny comics here. But if there's like this comic also is going to bring two people, like he just takes that little step up, and you bring the people. Don't just you know blow smoke. I want to bring thirty eight people, and you know bring anybody. But that's just, it's like, oh, I could, or at least you, you see a guy hustling, tagging, sharing, making a little video. And the feedback they get by promoting it, you know, I'll be there, what time, this is awesome. And then you kind of like, oh, this guy kind of has a little bit of online presence, like a charisma thing going. Right, right. And you see, then you go, oh, maybe I'll work that guy up. Maybe he's going to be a headline. Look at this guy brought 20 people. They're coming to see him. And then you start, you got to change uh, the people that, make the choices, see you differently. Yeah. 
So that's what I mean by, I think in, in current generation, like I think those are the kinds of comedians that are more sought after, that are not only just funny, but they also know how to just get people excited that they're either performing nearby or they're in town or something like that. Um, and it, it, it takes a certain kind of communication online. It's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll have comics, I'll hear that comics have talked to other comics and say something like, Casey and Spaz, they never book me. And then I go, oh, who? And they go, oh, that person never reached out to me. So how am I going to book you? Because I think there's that mentality. It's like, I just killed on a Tuesday at the improv. Now I sit back and wait. The work will just roll in. Yeah, exactly. Which and I'm sure they did great. And I'm sure the show is awesome. And, and record those shows, definitely those nice rooms. They don't – like there's other tricks I tell guys. Um, they'll submit video clips – and you're putting little tells in your clip, like, like what a great Tuesday night. I'm not getting paid anything. They uh, only let me do five minutes. You know, they're like, I go, this is your audition yeah. clip. I, like, I actually know pretend, people. Like, fake it up, like, like sell out, another sellout, you know, like, start yeah. some, like. Who here got Groupon? 20 shirts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just do your funny stuff. I want just do the funny stuff. You're, you got the great background. You're in this beautiful club, like an improv. And, uh. That's already selling you. But then you start talking like, no one's here tonight. There's, <laughs> there's like 40 comics on this open mic. No, don't say those things. Yeah, especially not an audition tape. If it's a hot five minutes I, and you cut out the, you know, and you don't say anything about what type of night it is or who got in for free, just do your bit. Like, I don't know who you're working with. I could you. Chappelle there you were on a Chappelle show that was a hot crowd I have no idea so it just takes away you know you don't want to be a big liar in this world but why hurt yourself yeah every little detail counts because you know like you mentioned earlier we we don't us as bookers we don't really have time to like watch your whole special or like you know research you investigate you we'll go over we'll browse uh and then we'll decide quickly based on I that. think I think the best thing for me is to get booked at my room in a paid spot is the headliner bringing you, which is like, all right, the headliner knows, first of all, I want the best show possible. And the headliner for whatever it is, knows this act is best for him as well. And that might be just cause he likes driving with the guy. He's in a better mood. He hangs out. The guy might not be hilarious, but it usually produces your best show. So get in good with some headliners, try to, Try to write with some headliners and see if find a guy you might match with after you are put together at a club. And that's the fastest way, really. That's a somewhere. real fast way. And then from there, I'll like, okay, you got the green light to feature. And then we see you like, wow, that guy was great. We're gonna any anytime within our time limit, we like to keep it fresh every six, eight months or whatever. We're gonna bring you back because you were great. It doesn't have to be with that headliner. So get your foot in the door, get get an audition and if not, try again. This is great stuff, man. You know, you having this kind of experience, you're, this is really some great insights. Just want to let you know. Uh, following up on the comedy scene over in Fort Pierce, how is it? Is it existent, non-existent? We do. We don't have – I went to Jackie Sanchez's open mic at the Australian place the other night. And What's there's like 40 um, – Burr, Burroughs or something. I've, I'm blanking on the name. Um, it was my first time there. It's like I remember something Australian, Burroughs, something like that. Anyways, okay. um, I think they do it every Tuesday. And I was uh, just flying in, and I said, "Hey, is there an open mic while I'm driving up 
and I saw that one. I also there was a couple that I had to could have went to, and then I ended up going to that one. But forty comics, I don't have forty comics up here, which is awesome. So that's there's a lot of you know that energy and some writing groups uh, that you can you know take up, make segments, make your own team of sh- put your own show together with the group of your favorite the similar acts or style. But we have a real strong scene up here. L.A. Hardy's up here. David Aguilar, Jim Moran, Robert Bass, Phil Ismay. Uh, got a couple other young guys we've been working working on. Thomas Diebel, Spaz. Spaz has gotten real funny. So we got our scene up here is uh, Steve Zimmerman's up here. So we have all our guys are super strong. Um, but we don't have a lot of like the young upcoming scene. We're working on developing some of those. So take advantage of, you know, because I can't produce all the shows. So someone else could, you know, and these guys produce other shows. So. So all the most of the people good you, scene. most of the people you mentioned have uh, comedy show productions. You say, I know, like Dave Aguilar does a couple. He's doing a show in Tequesta tonight um, with uh, artist Trees and uh, L.A. Hardy's popped up and down with some. Uh, so yeah, they have their either there's an open mic at Steamworks. We've been hitting up. It's like an all arts. That's a funny thing when you go to an all arts. Uh, open mic. I've been hitting that and just getting stage time, and it was cool because I've gotten like twenty minutes. But the one there's like a poet, and is like, "My sister is dead. She will never <laughs> return. All I do is cry, 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 cry." And then you go up next. Don't you hate it when yeah. your sister dies and you go yeah, to a- <laughs> the blood of my eyes are on the floor. I'm too weak to clean it up. Now the comedy styling Casey Peruski. What? Can we take a break? I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, I've done those, man. Uh, I'll, I'll probably never do an open mic poet comedy combination ever again. <laughs> those are yeah, never fun to do. Choices. I've gone three times to this place called Steamworks up in, if you're in the Port St. Lucie area, they do a Thursday night open mic. And, you know, two out of three are really good. Um, and, like, one time I only got five minutes because there's a lot of performers. The other two times I did 20 minutes. So I think logging those minutes as a comic is the key you can practice and write all you want which is an important aspect of it but nothing beats just performing and knowing if you have something great so jackie sanchez uh open mic burroughs australian every tuesday la hardy does pop-ups dave aguilar to cuesta with artist trees open on mic, steamworks and dave aguilar is doing um tavala's pizza august 18th he always used to be a regular one before COVID. Once a month, they would do a show. Port St. Lucie, Tavola, Pizza, August 18th. And then, uh, so yeah, those are some of the shows. And then we got a couple more rooms we're opening up. It's funny, we had this beautiful hotel. We did a sold-out show right before COVID hit, or lockdowns hit, I should say. And they want to do a show, but they're like, we don't have the staff to do it. We don't, so we're waiting. We got a couple of venues just waiting to unlock. So stay tuned for... Uh, for us, we got another one. We got Jimmy Schubert coming August 21st for the Pineapple Playhouse, doing a fundraiser show for them. So you're working on other productions apart from the theater? You know, I'm doing, I'm, well, we do twice a month there. So I have time to do it. I'm not an, ex, you know, we're not exclusive. We don't want to be right on top of each other either. Um, but we've got a couple country clubs we do private shows for, and we got more of those developing. And uh, just again, back to my schedule, I'm trying to keep it local book shows within uh, where I can sleep in my bed. So I'm now traveling with my bed. That's what I'm, it seems to work. 
Going back to the roots of a starving artist comedian. I like that. Great job, Casey. I got to learn. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to ask you about your recent, uh, not recording, I wouldn't say recording, but your recent announcement that you will be premiering at Dry Bar next month. That's right. I'd recorded, it was right before COVID hit. I, I'm doing it. I got a Dry Bar special, which was pretty amazing. I submitted my stuff and two days later they came back and gave me dates. That's how much they liked my clip. And awesome. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I started getting, you give them like bank information and you sign a contract and they send some money over for you to be part of it. And then I never heard from them again. And for a minute there, I thought I got catfished. I go, how do I explain to my wife that a mediocre comedian gets catfished? Well, even if you get little, e e mediocre, even, <laughs> but even if you get, uh, even if you get some money, at least you got catfished financially. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I should like the check is made of on a graham crack. It's not even a real check. Um, no, so I got, I flew out to Provo, Utah, February 29th, a leap day. I, uh, I did the show and then two weeks later was a lockdown for COVID. So I was able to have a full audience. There was three hundred show and they're, they're chopping it all together and they're saying it's supposed to release August 2nd and they just released a brand new uh, Dry Bar Plus app. So now they've expanded their app. It's going to go even further, more TVs and more uh, service streaming services it's going to be on. So I'm going to be um, this bald head is going all over. That's awesome. Look at, I'm going to Belgium. Dry Bar is one of those independent uh, virtual media outlets for comedians. So great job on that. And, you know, when it comes to Dry Bar, you have to have very particular material. It, it's not raunchy at all. It's just well written. They want clean. They, they actually give you a video to watch. It's like a, like a driving instruction video of like what's kind of expected and what's not. Like if you're going to make fun of your, make fun of your wife, make sure the audience know you're not very serious about those insults. <laughs> and I go, okay, well, which my second wife or my third wife? Oh, hey, no, I don't. <laughs> it's Utah for you. But uh, so, yeah, they just want clean comedies. And they don't care if you've been dirty before. It's, you know, have that flexibility as a comedian. Have a clean set. Have a dirty set. You know, use, the, use your tools when it's appropriate. And I've, I've worked a lot of clean shows, and I had, a, I had a real strong clean clip from an improv. It was, you know, I didn't, and I was featuring on a show, but uh, the crowd was hot. There, the crowd was real hot to see the headliner. But I'll, I took that wave, and that helped get me this uh, comedy special and uh and it's really like a good you know kind of a clean stamp of approval for like corporate gigs too that if you're worried about offending anybody the dry bar guys and philosophy is is on the cleaner side you don't have anything to worry about so that's going to be helpful so for you craft craft macaroni and cheese or i want to do your show craft macaroni and cheese i will not offend any of your noodle workers or your powdered cheese workers. So this kind of comedy is very particular to me because I, I don't really think I work clean. And, you know, I'm kind of proud of it. I like my dirty stuff. But uh -huh. I will say this. Um, when some of my best jokes that I've ever written are always clean. It's, just, it's always funny to me. Like, it's I write one-liners. It's not that hard to be clean at times. I mean, you just got to buff it up. Some of my jokes that are dirty, I don't think I can make clean. It doesn't always work. Right. But, like, we got Greg Hahn coming in the 24th up at comedy corner here in Fort Pierce. And he is just a killer. He just crushes every time and he's completely clean. 
There's a comedy corner in Fort Pierce? Well, that's what we call it. It goes by under comedy. Casey and Spaz Comedy Corner. Oh, God. I thought it was just Casey and Spaz Comedy It's kind of like a joint. Well, we're known as Casey and Spaz Comedy. Exactly. And uh, the club is, the theater had taken on uh, the name Comedy Corner when we came in. So we just kind of pushed them together, Casey and Spaz Comedy Corner. Or they just advertised it as Comedy Corner. Okay. So you were saying the the Dirty Comedian coming by. The, uh, I forgot which point. Oh, Greg, well, Greg's a killer and he's not dirty. He's, oh, he's, he's not clean. dirty at all. Okay. He's completely clean and he just crushes every day. And he does a ton of corporate work, ton of radio because, and because they know, oh, he's all, he's hilarious. First of all, that's the job. And we're not going to get in trouble with the restrictions that the radio station has. You know, the radio hosts, they're like, Hey, we love dirty comedy, but our job says we'll be fined $5,000 if these words go on the air. So we like $5,000 more than we think you're funny, <laughs> you know? So you just got to, you know, you got to play in the parameters of the world. Show business. Show business. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, I mean, I write, I write one liners on Twitter and uh, I realized that the the cleanest ones that I write are the best ones because it takes a little bit of panache to kind of make them funny. Right. Takes Um, a little more, a little more work. There's so many funny words out there and funny angles. And uh, yeah, the dirty part for me is the emotional reactions you get from the people where they just outburst in laughter, you know? Like last uh-huh. night I was just talking about like, uh, I don't really like cursing on the networking podcast, so we'll just say uh, photos of male parts. And I talk about that on stage, right? And it's always, it always evokes this laugh. It's like, cause the girl's always like, yeah, that, th- that guy that always sends those uh, photos, right? So it's more uh-huh. fun. But the thing is when you do something like dry bar, you have to put your best version of your comedy not that kind of stuff even though it is fun yeah but the best version is the one that gets the spotlight you so can, it's always particular yeah you can push the line and like i had questionable stuff but i also knew they're gonna edit this so if it's so egregious they're just gonna chop it out of the show if they don't like it like i did one joke and it's i have a dirtier version of it but i think i only did it this way where i say uh you know i got three kids i got uh Skylar, my oldest, and River. And then for my third kid, we thought we'd name her Summer. And then my wife goes, hey, how about for a middle name, Eve? Are you going to name our daughter Summer's Eve? It's like, yeah, I think it's a really fresh name. A little too fresh, if you ask me. And uh, so I think I left it at that. And then sometimes I go, what was uh, Douchey McDouchebag not taken? So I, like, I cut that. I'm like, maybe that's a little too much for dry bar. <laughs> Probably. But, <laughs> and even the Summer's Eve, I don't know if, I don't think it'll be, you know, it's a product and it's stores, so that should be fine. And if they don't like it, it's going to edit out. So they'll make the call. Uh, real quick, give us some insights on your uh, clean comedy writing that got to dry bar. How do you go about doing that? A lot of my writing, I, uh, I, I always like observe funny things. Um, that Summer's Eve was a true thing. My wife, I swear to God, she said, we said Summer. She goes, what about Eve? For a middle name. So that was like, I'm like, that's hilarious. So then I go, okay, how can I make it funnier? What's, how can I, then, you know, how can I present the scenario and, and tell us a lot of my stuff does come from truth. Um, I do a joke about organic stickers. Like I believe in the organic lifestyle. Now I just buy organic stickers instead of the organic food. I put the stickers on non-organic stuff. And I saw a sticker reel at Publix. that just said organic, a big roll of organic stickers. I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I need that because my wife buys everything organic. And then I go, oh, maybe that's a joke. And then, you know, I saw a Santa Claus at a Publix. I'm like, why is a Santa Claus at Publix? And then, and then you write it and then you just don't, you know, don't curse. And you always think of the audience, too, if you're thinking about clean. 
Like if you're on a date, if you know your grandparents, you don't want to coddle to an audience, but just think, would someone be like get offended or get, you know, get to the point where I don't want to laugh at that? Like even like I, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling, but my pro wrestling jokes never work. Like people publicly don't want to agree. Like, bro, I'm on a date. This girl doesn't know I like wrestling. I'm not ready to let. I cannot. If I laugh out loud, she's gonna think I like it. So I'm shutting up. So it, it depends, you know. Be, you know, talking about abortion or miscarriage, like that's a heavy emotional topic. So you're gonna send some women down certain, you know, but thinking in, about it. But again, it needs the release. <laughs> right now, I love the to build. I love to build tension with hot topics and uh, and then and then release it. And that's a big laugh. You can definitely. Yeah, build totally. attention and get a big laugh from it. But yeah, so when you know, I get a lot of my work clean, so that's probably just what I lean to it. But I like, I do, uh, oh, I won't curse on your show, but I, I actually, because so many people know me as a clean comic, I said, Casey Prusky, uh, he just got, he just won clean comic of the year. I have introduced me like that. And then I come up and I, I go, can you believe it? I, w- I won clean comic of the year. Yeah, that blankety blank. That was in second place. I'm glad he didn't win. He's a piece of you know what. And I just start cursing crazy about the other contestant. That guy, well, you know, so just a f- silly con- contrast. Great stuff. Well, I, Casey, I know you're a family man and a businessman, so your time is very valuable. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time to jumping uh, to jump on our podcast and telling us about uh, the booking process, no the Fort uh, Pierce comedy scene, as well as some clean writing. Uh, good luck on your uh, on your dry bar. Uh, premiere. Make sure you, you share well. the link with me so that I can share it here on the uh, network. Will do. Will do. And uh, I will send you my avails soon. Six months. <laughs> I like six months open. Long. Uh, nothing going on, and not even. I'm open on Tuesdays. I don't even do a Tuesday show. Why do you send me Tuesdays? Well, uh, when you see that it's a tight schedule, you'll know it's the truth. Right. <laughs> Give me dates that make sense uh, for your comics out there, and then yeah, follow me, Casey Peru, on Instagram here and. Uh, the, uh, and come see a show if you're in the Treasure Coast. We'd love to have you. Awesome. And Man- Manny, I remember you. I'm pretty. I'm having flashbacks. You filmed one of my uh, Florida's funniest or South Beach uh, contests. I did. You were doing. You uh, you were doing the camera work on one. I think I even hear your laughter in one. That was a clip I used quite a bit for work. Oh, cool. So, so I'm I'm haunting you one way or another with some laughter. way. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I, this is payback for that recording. So, <laughs> Cool, man. Well, I'm glad we reconnected, and I look forward to uh, seeing you again real soon. Make sure you Thanks, look man. at our page, man. A lot more coming, and I'm, I'm focusing on Florida right now, so if you have any recommendations, send them my way. Very cool. You need me back on another topic or a group discussion, hit me up. Uh, I'm always down for talking comedy. Thanks, Casey. See you, brother. See you.